One Emotional Podcast, Conversations for Inspiration on the Go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Hi, Amaya. How are you? It's a pleasure to have you here in the One Podcast. Hi, Marion. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, it's wonderful to have this amazing woman here because she is so special. Amaya, for everyone that don't know her, I'm going to tell you a little bit about this amazing woman. She's deeply connected with the universe of the sublime, of ancestral and elemental medicine. She's committed to her transcendence as a woman of light through the service to other women and through her voice, her dance, and her hands. She has been committed to women for many, many, many years. Well, actually, it has been for 11 years. She has shared information and guidance for women towards their sexual and reproductive health from an integral perspective between the physiological processes and the spiritual paths of female awakening. She's a birth and end of life doula. That's how I know her. She was uh, the doula of my of, of my two uh, kids. She's a member of the Placenta Medicinal Nature Network, the founder of Floreceres de la Cicatriz Collective. This is a collective for uh, healing C-sections. And she's a guide in sacred sexuality, a guide in women's circles, and she's also a Tamascal therapist. So she has been committed to this you know, female development for many, many, many years with a lot of experience, especially field experience. And I cannot wait, Amaya, to ask you um, about this role of this emotional development through motherhood. What have you seen? What emotions arise when women became, becomes mother? All right. Well, I have to start this conversation saying that I am a mother. And I am a mother of two of two boys, which has been which has been a journey, which has been a journey because uh, as you were saying, uh, I have devoted my life to women. And I am very, very well acquainted with, with, with female energy, with feminine, with the divine feminine and with all these things. Um, but then being a mother of two boys has been incredibly clashing, incredibly clashing and kind of colliding with my, with my essence and with what, like, with, like the natural flow of my own energy. Um, so, yeah, I have devoted my life to, to women, particularly to motherhood, to, to this transformation, to birth and what comes after. So emotions, uh, emotions in birth and after Well, you know very well that birth is, is not just a physiological event. Uh, when, when you give birth to your child, you give birth to another human being, to another you. But with birth, death comes. So you, so you, so you die, basically. When you give birth to your child, you die right there. Because pregnancy is all about... Uh, blooming and beauty and you know uh, you're like you're nor you're like a nourishing thing um, I don't know the other day I was talking to my partner how when I was pregnant I felt that I didn't have to do anything to deserve the place that I had in the world because I like I was holding life mm -hmm. so I, I didn't have to do anything But then motherhood comes and then you have to prove yourself constantly You have to prove how you're a good mother. You have to prove that 
while you're a mother, you can also be a partner. You have to prove that while you're a mother, you can still be a, a good friend. You can still be a good um, everything. Uh, your business has to thrive. You have to prove everything constantly. Um, so emotions in motherhood uh, are in constant, in constant change. And uh, I would like to say that it's in constant evolution, but if evolution seems to be kind of very linear. And this is not an uh, evolving process. It's more like a spiral process. It's a spiraling process. It takes you like, like there's a point when you're like so happy and you see your little kids and you're like, oh my God, this is the best moment of my life. And next day, uh, one of your kids gets sick and you don't know what to do to remove the pain, to, to assist that or to make the decisions. Because now that we're talking, uh, that I'm saying these, most of the decisions in, in, in motherhood are still the mothers. Like the fathers, this is a reality of the world. Uh, I'm like definitely um, male parents are, are having more input in, 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 in upbringing, the upbringing of, of, of children, but it's still mother's responsibility. And that can be overwhelming. And I think one of the main emotions that we can, you know, encounter in motherhood is the duality that motherhood comes with, right? Because you want to devote your life to your kids and you want to, you know, give everything to them and be available for them 24-7, right? But at the same time, you have this need of still be a human before being a mother, still being you, still having time for yourself, still having the things that you enjoy, Right. So it's sometimes I think one of the emotions that you um, find most can be this overwhelming experience of, you know, of having all of the responsibility and the time to, dedicated to the kids. Because back in the day, we used to raise in community, right? Absolutely. Maybe, maybe postpartum depression didn't actually exist when we were, you know, in community because maybe you just gave birth and there were like other women around your circle that, you know, taught you how to breast, breastfeed your baby. And also, you know, told you like, I will take care of your kid. You go and take a nap. And it was kind of like this collective as a like kids were a collective responsibility. And Absolutely. nowadays is that like this single unifamiliar, you know, essence or responsibility. And then, you know, most of, you know, the fathers, they might need to go back, back to work, depending on the maternity leave of the, of the company. But we're talking that maybe sometimes it's five days, right? And in maybe Mexico, not, in Mexico, it's five days. Exactly. In Mexico, it's five days. And maybe in other countries, you know, I've seen that in some countries, like at the most, at the most, like six months, or maybe like one or two countries around the world, like 12 months, but that's like really exaggerated. Like for Yeah, that's, uh, that's like in Scandinavia and exactly. Australia, New Zealand. Exactly. exactly. In most of the world, it's 100% the responsibility of a mother that, you know, has just given birth, that she's not in the best shape ever. She doesn't have her hormones, you know, um, at the best stage. And also she's sleep deprived because taking care of the newborn. And not only if it was like the first child, she's learning. If it's the second child, she might have another toddler. If she's, if it's the third child, she might have two other toddlers and so on, right? So it becomes overwhelming. What, what haven't we designed correctly in this upbringing of children? I think that many things, definitely, definitely the, uh, what you were saying, uh, the shared responsibility within a community to, to, to raise children is something that we are lacking. And I think that we are already paying the toll and we're going to pay it 
it's going to get more expensive mm-hmm. as life goes on. It's going to get more expensive if we don't make changes. And I, and I don't mean that just in the, like in the toll that the mother pays. Mm-hmm. It's going to be more expensive for governments, for children, for families, for schools, for everything. It's, 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 we're paying an ex- a very, very exp- expensive um, tax there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we were talking before about how feminism has affected that, you know, like I'm, I am a feminist. I consider myself a feminist in the ways that I, that I can, that I can practice my feminism. Um, but definitely it has, it has, it has, it has really, 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 really put a lot of weight in women. Um, I think that another thing that you were, you were saying right now, how women are not in their best place uh, when, when they just gave birth, no, that their hormones are not great, um, that they are sleep deprived, all these things that actually shouldn't be considered as bad. When you are like the thing is that we have um, we have been fighting against feminine for a very long time. The hormones, uh, the hormonal levels that the mother that a new mother has, are the ones that she needs for doing that monumental job that it's raising a newborn. The thing is, we come back again to community. Mm-hmm. A new mother shouldn't have to be, a, well, let's talk about new mothers. A, sh- a new mother shouldn't have to be worrying about paying debts, shouldn't have to be worrying about uh, getting food, shouldn't have to be uh, worried about um, looking after anybody else, a part of her baby, because somebody else is looking after her. Mm-hmm. And somebody else, uh, uh, and this is interesting because that somebody else in the society is a partner. But the partner is not available either. Mm-hmm. Back in the days, as you were saying, it was a women's job to also look after other women. So uh, how can we fix this? In my opinion and uh, how I understand life, we have to stop fighting against femininity. Mm-hmm. Femininity uh, or feminine energy or feminine cycles. We have to uh, we have to understand that they exist, and that's the way it's going to be. Of course, and we need to value more that feminine values, right? Because constantly, like in this world, you know, we are um, the culture has like these masculine values that are more admired, right? Like absolutely having a successful company, and you know, who is you know the biggest one, and who raised more money, or who is having more sales, or who has a big, you know, market share and like all of these things about competition and competition. And don't get me wrong. I know that, you know, it also helps, you know, to get this world moving. Right. But it's not the only thing. And sometimes I think we've, we've hurt the feminine, you know, part of the planet, the feminine part in ourselves, because there's also the feminine part in men and in women, right? It's not only about women, men also are hurting their feminine side in the sense of, you know, they're not allowed to express their emotions. What is that? You are a mother of, you know, you know, two boys, you, you, you hear them crying, they're kids. And then suddenly something happens, maybe when they turn around, I don't know, 15, 17, I don't know. And then it's like, they cannot express any emotions. And it's crazy because obviously it's going to create the perfect storm inside. And what are we so afraid of? 
about femininity or these feminine values. You know, you see Mother Earth has this, you know, extreme force. She's not weak at all. So femininity is not about being weak. It's not about, you know, masculine values being strong and femininity being weak. No, I think maybe it has to do more with fear. Absolutely. I think, uh, well, Mother Earth, the planet, um, it's a she. Like, however you want to see the planet Earth, it's, a, it's like it's a circle <laughs> just by that. You know, it's a circle and circles, circular energy curves are feminine in its essence. And absolutely, um, fear is what has um, turned society this way, you know, like fighting against femininity. Why are they afraid? I think because the feminine energy can be incredibly wild mm -hmm. and it can be incredibly powerful. And the real, the real feminine energy is untamable. Mm -hmm. It's, it's completely untamable. And um, I see it in birth, uh, a woman giving birth, even if they are, if they have their hands strapped on, which I have seen, and it's horrific, even if they have, um, I don't know how many interventions, birth will happen, no matter how much they want to control it. And that's a natural feminine energy that will just burst and that will just collapse everything if, if it has to collapse everything, you know? Um, so, so, so feminine is not only pretty, is not daisies and, and sunflowers and butterflies. That's a part of feminine energy or maybe masculine energy as well. Like if you see, for example, birds, uh, when they are mating, the pretty ones are the guys, mm -hmm. not the girls, you know, like they, are, they have all these plumage and it's all mm, colors and stuff. Um, the peacocks yeah, as well. The peacocks, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like they have these amazing tails, you know, like they look so feminine <laughs> in many ways, you know. But um, yeah, the feminine is, 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 it's simply that it's not tameable. And I think that in many ways, motherhood is not tameable. Mm -hmm. And we have also wanted uh, and tried very hard to shape how mothers should be. Yeah. The criticism that it exists around motherhood, if a woman is doing a good job or a bad job, is insane, right? It's, Everybody tends to have an opinion and criticize when sometimes maybe you don't even know the background of the person, right? Everybody's having their own internal battle and everybody's trying to do the best job, no? Something that also fascinates me about, and I think it's quite funny, you know, how we humans are, but we tend not to value feminine energy and the only vehicle, like, for example, if you want to go to, I don't know, to the US or to Europe or to Australia or to whatever, no, maybe this is ways to take a flight. That's your means of transportation to get there, right? Sometimes really you can get a car or a train, depending on where's your geographical location, right? And the means, the transportation of arriving to this planet is through a woman. So if it's our yeah. means of transportation, it's the only way we can arrive to this planet, right? For animals, for, you know, mammals, everything. Um, why aren't we embracing and, you know, on understanding that energy as it is, and we tend to minimize it with this, you know, culture around the world? Yeah, and now that you're talking about this, this is a this is a very 
a very um, prickly topic. But nowadays, uh, people will hear you and will tell you, no, that's not true. Uh, life can also come to the earth through a man that has a womb, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and saying that, sure, absolutely. But that man has a womb. And whether we want to see it accepted or not, the womb is feminine. Mm -hmm. There's no masculine in the womb. There's no, I'm, I'm very sorry, but there's no masculine in the womb. So, because it's a vessel, vessels are feminine energy. Uh, how do you say this? Like, um, where you put things? <laughs> yes. 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 Carriers. Uh, like a vessel that generates energy, uh, that generates energy and that generates life. Mm -hmm. What generates life is the feminine. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, we really need to start fighting that and embracing that. And to embrace that, we have to embrace mothers. Um, and, and I don't know if I have said it here before, but birth is not just something that mothers should be looking like caring about. This should be everyone's business. Mm -hmm. the, the, the new arrivals and what like and the mothers should be everyone's business. If we think about ancient societies, what what is in the center? are the children, the elders, and the mothers. Mm -hmm. The mothers have different uh, kind of, I don't want to say levels, but if you're a mother of a newborn, you're in that center. If you're a mother of, I don't know, a toddler, you can already, like you can be outside of the circle providing to children, new mothers and elders. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you're a mother of an adult, you're outside of the circle providing, like as an adult, holding space, for these why these because this is the seed it's not because they're weaker no it's because this is the seed children are the seeds of of of, of the future and the elders are, are the seeds of knowledge mm -hmm. and the mothers are the are the holders are the holders of the seed so uh what we do nowadays in our societies is put the elders the children and the mothers outside of the circle mm -hmm. Because, because, because it's uncomfortable to be around boobies licking milk. And it's uncomfortable uh, to be around sticky hands and um, yelling children. And it's uncomfortable to be around uh, an, an older person that cannot really do much. And it's not productive. So let's just put them, put them on the sides, you know, to childcare centers, to, to um, it's not asylums, to um, elder care centers uh, and the mothers. Well, we don't really know what to do with the mothers, you know, because it's like, okay, but they're productive. So let's use them because they can still be productive, but they're not as productive as I want. So let's, it's very uncomfortable for a nowadays society to where to place mothers. And we're missing out on the things that we can learn from each of them. No, right. So you see indigenous communities that that they, you know, have the elders as a wise, you know, people around, the ones to get advice, the one that, you know, has, they have more experience, they have seen it all. I know that maybe today they might be lacking technology or they might be lacking uh, like new trends or stuff like that. But, you know, they have been through many things that we as humans, no, as like younger people have been through, right? So maybe, you know, just listening to them could be a good piece of, of advice. And maybe kids, for example, could show us that, 
kind of like sense of being in awe and wonder around the world that sometimes us as adults, we might forget, right? You see children that they get, you know, impressed by seeing an ant or impressed by seeing at the moon or impressed by, or asking questions, like the typical why question, right? My kid right now is doing kind of like the five or maybe eight whys, no? Like, mom, why is the sky blue? And why is that? And why? And why? And why? And sometimes if we use that, you know, that um, process with us, we can achieve like okay if i'm feeling for example anxiety and why is that okay and then you arrive and then why and then why and then why you arrive to like really um kind of like the meat right of maybe of something that can be bothering you so you have many of many characteristics and many values that we can learn from them that we are not learning because we're saying like if it's not useful if it's not useful to produce then we don't need them As if what? As if what we're running around the world to produce, to produce, to produce, to produce, to what? Right? Because at the same time, we have amazingly high levels of waste around the world. Wasting food, wasting plastics, wasting many things. So it's not only about if we're useful or not useful or not for what? Right? Useful for wisdom? Useful for, for what? Right? We need to change those values. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we want to capi capitalize on everything. And uh, with this thing that you were saying about about, for example, the elders, I think that it's really important that we that we see that we're lacking elders. Sometimes I'm I'm about to turn 40. I'm 39 right now. And sometimes I feel that I have to be an elder now. You know, like that 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 kind of responsibility and also gift has been kind of Okay, there are no elders. You've been doing the work for for however long, so you are a matriarch now. And I'm like, no. I I I need someone behind me. I need someone to look up to. And you know what? We don't have that. Why? Because the elders right now, the people that should be our elders right now, they haven't been preparing themselves to be that. Mm -hmm. So, so we are lacking those places that help us, you know, like with this motherhood situation, you know, like if you look up or back to your elders, then you will find answers, very simple answers, but you will find there th those answers there. Um, but for example, the role of the grandparents in, 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 in raising children right now is very, very, very complicated for them because Before, exactly, the elders were the ones that made all the decisions. This child is going to be baptized. This child is going to be named after blah, 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 blah. And all the decisions were made by the grandmother and the great-grandmother. And now they don't have a say. Mm -hmm. They don't have a say. They are nothing. And we really have to question that to ourselves. What, where are we putting our, like in this case, our parents that are already grandparents, Where are we putting them in the in the in like in raising our children? We feel that we have all the knowledge because we have access to all these things and to all these courses and to all these things. And we are not honoring what they have gone through. And that's and that's what was done before. And with children, we can definitely learn a lot of, uh, about children. But I think that we can learn more about what we can do for children. And you don't have to be a parent for that. And this is something that has been, you know, around me for the past, I don't know, couple of months or something. 
children are not just humans. Like the little ones, the offspring or of, of, of Mother Earth are the ones that we should be looking after. Why? Because we have taken control of the planet. So now that we have taken control of the planet, then we have to, uh, then we have to look about, uh, after everyone's children, whether we decide or not to be a parent. Mm-hmm. We have to look after the tree babies. We have to look after the squirrel babies. We have to look after the deer babies. We have, uh, after taking all that that we have taken, now it's our responsibility mm-hmm. to look after, after all those babies around the world. Totally. And I think there could be, you know, um, different opinions about not maybe why would we need to face on children, right? If we are having this climate change issues, right? And maybe you as a mother, maybe you've been also faced with like, oh, you care for the, for mother earth, right? You care about climate change. So then why did you have kids? Right. And, um, and I understand that point and that questioning, and I think it's completely fair and valid. And yeah. the other day I was, I was reading this article that stated that, you know, there was this viral graph that went out, you know, circulating, that it stated that one of the things to help climate change was not to have kids, was n- not to have kids and not to have, uh, not to eat meat, right? And that kind of like became viral. But then there was this article published by a scientific paper that said it had this graph about what is a world where people don't have kids and there's no government policy on climate change. And there was another graph about what happens if uh, people have kids and there's... um, It was like two graphs, one about having kids and... um, having kids and no uh, change in policy and the other one about not having kids and no change in policy, right? And you could see the difference between them. And the article stated that we will not be able to fight climate change, you know, as a, as, as a humanity, if we do not do the policies change. That's where exactly, you know, we can raise, because at the end also we would need, you know, the species. And when we are old, as old as a community, as a society, you also, you know, governments need, you know, younger people. So then eventually you can have a workforce and everything. But it has to do more, not about having or not having kids. I know that maybe today you won't have six kids, eight kids, 10 kids, as in back as in back in the day. But we need to focus also on policy changes, you know, to protect Mother Earth. Like what other, what other values have you seen that we should start implemented to um, embrace more and to value more Mother Earth? Well, uh, right now that you were talking about the situation about having or not having kids, um, you can obviously decide if you want or not uh, want to have kids, right? But um, going back to this thing that I was saying about how we have to think about what we can do for children. I think that it's important to think about how we are raising our children in regards to that. And that's why I think it's important to have children. I'm not saying that everyone should have children, but who wants to have children, have children, Mm -hmm. have children and raise them well, because we have, can I swear? Yes. (laughs) We have fucked up this planet. And then our responsibility is to leave people that then, sorry, but that will also take the responsibility of fixing and providing because a lot of the animals in the planet 
have have lost their ability to do that because of because of our practices. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's um, our gifts are our responsibility. Like the bird, the bird sings, mm-hmm. and it gives it naturally to everyone, to us, and to all the other species, without questioning if 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 it's okay, if he doesn't want to, if he's lazy, if yeah, because he's depressed, if I don't know, if he's not being productive enough, picking mm-hmm. nuts. The bird sings, mm-hmm. and that's his gift or her gift to the planet. What is our gift as a species? And what is our gift as individuals? Mm-hmm. Like, it's very pretty to be like, uh, very beautiful to see these courses. Find your gift. Find your true gift. Blah, blah, blah. It's not for you. It's for everybody else. Mm-hmm. But it's your responsibility to provide it for everybody else. And I think that our children are gifts as well. Or should be. Or should be don't 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 bring don't 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 bring kids that are going to destroy the earth more. Mm-hmm. Like please don't, please uh, don't. Like that's what we don't need. We don't need uh, selfish uh, selfish children anymore. We have we have gone through that as humanity. We don't need um, humans that that are lacking compassion. We we really do not need that. Like if you're gonna have one of if you're gonna raise your children to be that maybe don't have children yeah and something that i that i also like to you know make this um space for it is also you know for women that don't want to have kids i think it's completely valid and i admire that a lot because we tend to be in a culture that eventually uh we confuse that the female identity all Also, all the time needs to come with kids or with motherhood and it's mm-hmm. not the case I have many friends that they decided not to have kids and I think it's very very admirable I think it's you know wonderful to stand up and to you know feel like okay I this is my lifestyle this is where my gifts are I think that I will not become a good mother mother and I stand by that and I think it's amazing for women who decide you know, by their own means, I have friends that, you know, they're married, they're everything, and they decided not to have kids, and their identity of being a female does not have to do anything if you're a mother or not. Absolutely, and and it's not even questioning if you're going to be a good or bad mother, like, People that choose to be mothers are shit mothers, me included sometimes, you know, so it's, do you want it or not? Mm-hmm. And that's not gonna that's not gonna complete you. Good. If you want to have children uh, and you can't, then that's another issue. That's another issue that we can talk about, like like the massive like the massive raising of infertility in in humans. It's 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 really shocking. But that's another that's another story. Uh, but if you do not want to be a mother or a father, really, it's not something that anybody should, should impose to anyone. I've seen it so many times. Uh, mothers that have one, two, three babies um, that had the babies because it was the next step. Yeah. They got married. They, like, they finished high school. They went to uni because that was what she needed to do. Uh, got married. And the next step was have a baby. But she never questioned, or they never questioned their their like if they wanted that. Yeah, it's like there something linear, right? It's like the next exactly. step. But eventually, you need to really 
dig deep within you and see is motherhood for me or not do I want kids or not am I you know going to be responsible with the change that it's going to take in my life with the sacrifice and also with the reciprocity that it also takes because I think the relationship between parents and kids is one of the most reciprocal or however you say that no it has a lot of reciprocity because you get you know, love, you get that connection, you get that, you know, that essence that it gets built between parents or kids. That is a very, very strong instinctual bond. It's very uh, reciprocal when they are, when they are little, but then it's not that reciprocal. And I think that that's one of the challenges of motherhood and parenthood, letting go and understanding that our children deserve everything. And they and, and, and we we're not meant to claim anything back. Mm-hmm. If we have if we have children, we have to give them all that we can. Not all the not not everyone can give their children all the same things. Mm-hmm. We have to give them all all that we can, knowing that that is not coming back. It might, or it might, or it will come in different shapes. Yeah. But it's not an investment. It really is knowing, not an investment. And, and knowing that it, that they're not yours, right? They're not yours. No, the other day not. I wrote, I, I read this poem that I loved about, um, you know, the, the people that have these near-death experiences that they mm. have reported that they, some of them, no, some, some, some people don't have, you know, any of this and some people do, but the people that, that, that have these experiences, they felt that they were going through a light or something. And then eventually they had people receiving them on the other side, wherever that is. Right. And, and I find that fascinating because I think that sometimes parents are the ones here in this earth, kind of like receiving you from where you're coming. So it's kind of like, our, our responsibility here is to welcome them, to embrace them, to give them, you know, but they're not ours. We're just kind of like the welcomers. You are just one, the ones that are, you know, helping them transit in this, in this planet, in this essence, in this that dimension, in this place, right? And then when it's their time to leave, there might be somebody, somebody else that would eventually receive them. So I like this. That, energy, you know? A lot of the times it's parents. Mm, the ones that are receiving them as well. Mm. Mostly parents have like, like in like the natural, like the natural course of, or no, I don't know if natural is the word, but most of the times parents die first. So mm-hmm. parents are waiting in the other side. They're being our midwives also there. So yes, they're not ours and um, we have to let go of them. And that's, that's, that's very painful as well, but that's another story. And that's, uh, another, story. that's another story. And we're not even there. You and I, <laughs> We need another episode for that. And well, there's also a course by Amaya and Matt that we have on luanmuseum.com about relationships. So I really recommend it. It's a fascinating uh, journey through relationships. And uh, for whoever is interested, you can log into the webpage and uh, see the course there. And Amaya, to close, because I know that, you know, time is tight, I would like to ask you few questions there are 10 questions to answer in one or a few words just try to keep it short okay the best the, the first answer is the right one the ones that comes to mind there's no right or wrong so just flow Matt? all right the pressure is on what is art for you art is me nice your favorite author um fuck right now any daughter <laughs> an advice that changed your life 
on the voice. Okay. I guess be true to yourself. The best quality in humans. The ability to enjoy pleasure. A book that you recommend. Well, right now I'm reading uh, Braiding Sweetgrass and it's amazing. What feeds your soul? Beauty. The most pressing issue for humanity. Most pressing? As... Ay. Fuck. <laughs> right now? I don't even know. Like, there are so many. Um, most pressing. Uh, okay. So let's say burnout. Mm. If humans can agree on this, you will be very happy. Uh, Self-compassion comes first. What would you like to scream to the whole world? That Mother Earth loves us. And the last one, what is it that you have lived that no one could miss experiencing it? I'm going to contradict myself now, but giving birth. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the duality of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <the> world. <laughs> Contradictions. I don't know. Well, but there are some other there there are some other uh, experiences experiences in life that are similar to the intensity of giving birth. Yeah. Anything that produces DMT. Exactly. Let's just leave it there. Yes. <laughs> for people that don't, don't want to, you know, or are not having birth, you can also have that experience or that connection with DMT through other means. Exactly. Through journeys. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Amaya. It was a pleasure to have you here. And um, thank you for, so much for sharing your knowledge and your magic with us. No, thank you so much. It's always, it really is always a pleasure to be here. Mm. Like, I love, I, I love Luan. Mm, thank you. We love you. We love you from the bottom of our heart. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively.